Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside, as always, my co-host, Trey Lyle. And we are excited for another week of baseball talk. We thank you all for tuning in to this week's edition of the podcast as we have a lot of stuff to go over. A lot of stuff has happened over the past couple of days. Of course, the All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby, the MLB Draft. They made a big deal out of all of it, having the draft during All-Star Week, having it at Coors Field, fans there. It was a a big spectacle, a grand old time. Fans at the draft, they had a a number of the top first round picks at the draft. So it was a big deal, had the NFL draft kind of feeling to it. I liked it. And a lot of stuff going on, a lot of big news, big events over the past week. But we can't start off with the recap of this weekend because there's some big news around Major League Baseball. We were supposed to have one game last night on Thursday night, but the Yankees and the Red Sox got postponed due to positive COVID tests within the Yankees organization. As of right now, the latest news that we have, there are six players in the COVID health and safety protocols, at least three positive tests, and then three tests that we are waiting to see whether they are positive or not. Aaron Judge is in that group, and he was at the All-Star game in Denver last week, so that's a little concerning considering that he was around all the other great stars in MLB. It's a little Sorry concerning. to interrupt. That has to be the biggest impact just because that could affect multiple teams. It's the reason why Red Sox players might be in the protocol. I mean, he was near Freddie Freeman during one of the marquee parts of the game and Hank Aaron's wife. So it's interesting how this is going to affect, you know, some of the biggest players in our sport who are all around this one player that tested positive. The good news is a majority of the league is vaccinated. I know... A lot of the Yankees players who tested positive were vaccinated. So this, in all signs, could be not of a big of an impact to the Yankees as it would have been, let's say, last season if this happened. Like, if this happened last season, I mean, that's that could that could have rocked the league, I think, um, with the vaccinations and being through this. Like, am I shocked this has happened a little bit just because of the vaccination rollout, but... I think Major League Baseball is more equipped to handle it. Here's the thing, and I'm just going to get this out of the way. First of all, I'm not a doctor. Neither of us are doctors. We're not health professionals at all. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. But here's something that needs to be said, because a lot of people don't seem to grasp this concept. Just because you were vaccinated, you can still contract COVID. You can still get the virus. The vaccine is supposed to protect you from severe symptoms and protect you from getting really sick. You can still get it. So when we when we have players that are vaccinated and they still test positive and you get all these people on social media that are like, oh, but I thought they were vaccinated. What's the point of the vaccine? The vaccine is to prevent severe symptoms. It's still possible to get it. You still have to take it seriously when they do get it. However, it is good that most of the players are vaccinated. Probably most of the players that have tested positive are vaccinated. I don't have all the numbers. I don't know who is and who isn't vaccinated in Major League Baseball, but I would guess that most of them are. So that's the good news. There's probably not going to be any serious cases 
right now. But you still have to take this situation seriously. And that's why we had last night's game canceled. That's why it could be the rest of this weekend series is canceled. And it could affect other teams and other series around Major League Baseball this upcoming weekend and going forward. We don't know how this is going to affect the next couple of days around baseball, but it is something that even with the vaccination rates that we have, you have to take it seriously because it, there's, there's still a chance that something bad could happen. But like you said, MLB is more equipped to handle this. You know, you think back to last season when the Marlins had their big outbreak and almost shut down the entire season. I think we've come a long way since then, and MLB knows what it's doing now. Just in, in all aspects of life, we've come a long way since then with regards to this virus. We know how to handle situations like this, and I do trust that MLB will handle it correctly and that we'll get the teams back on the field. Everyone who needs to will quarantine and stay safe, and we'll get back to normal eventually. But it is just, I mean, it is shocking because, you know, it is, we we think that we're past it pretty much. It's not something we're talking about every day like we were last season, like we were this time last year. So when you have news like this come out, it is really shocking. Um, and so, yeah, the game on Thursday night was canceled or not canceled, postponed between the Red Sox and the Yankees. By the way, I saw a tweet from The Athletic that said because there were no sporting events. That was the first day since Christmas Eve of last year that there were no professional sporting events in the United States, which usually the day before and after the All-Star game are the only two days of the year that there are no professional sports. But because of the NBA's weird schedule this year, the finals are still going on. There was a game Wednesday night. So it was Thursday that there were no professional sports for the first time since December 24th of last year. Well, kind of I mean, crazy. Technically, uh, the U.S. soccer team plays in the Gold Cup Thursday night. Okay, well, so no... no. Of the four major sports leagues. Yeah, MLB, NBA, NHL, just, just, NFL. Just keep yeah. you on deck. But that's the big news that happened last night. And then after that, you know, everyone's freaking out about the Yankees and the Red Sox, wondering what's going to happen with the Yankees. And then the Braves and the Cubs just come out of nowhere and drop a bomb that Jock Peterson is heading to Atlanta, which I am a huge fan of this deal. He's... He's not playing up to what he has before this season. He's had some really good years. Not so much this year, but given everything that's happened with the Braves, I'm really happy with this trade. Yeah, without Acuna, they need you know outfield depth, which Peterson can bring, and they need a bat, especially a left-handed bat like Peterson. Um, like He'd be a guy I think the, the Yankees should have looked at, um, just getting someone on that side of the plate. And that'll bring to, I know we're going to talk a little trade deadline, who I think the Yankees should go after. I, I like the move if I'm Atlanta. I think it's a a smart move given they need the help, but it's not where they gave up too much. Like It's the perfect low-risk, high-reward kind of play for them, whereas they can still win, realistically win their division. I think with, without Acuna, they're, uh, they're probably not going to win at all, but... It, it, it's a it's a low risk high reward kind of trade. Yeah, it, it's definitely um, you know definitely adds some depth to an outfield that is lacking depth currently. And I I don't know exactly when Acuna's injury was. I don't remember if it was before or after the last episode of the podcast. I think it was after the out. last episode, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was. I think it was Saturday night, and so right we haven't got a chance to talk games. about it. So man, I am just devastated 
about that. I, I mean, he, he's so bad for you. Yeah, he's my he's my favorite player. He's probably every Braves fan's favorite player, top except for player Freddie Freeman. The, top five player in the in baseball. Yeah, definitely, definitely a top five player in Major League Baseball. He was up there in all the offensive categories this year: home runs, OPS, led the league in runs at the time of his injury. So to see him go down like that, it's and you know, he's the one bright spot on the Braves this year. They're not playing well. They are still in contention in the division because it's a terrible division. But he is still having a very good year. So he's like the one bright spot on this team. And so to see him go down, that kind of makes you feel like, you know, they have no shot now. And it's it's really hard, or it's really, really disheartening. Uh, tough to see, tough to watch. And obviously sending thoughts out to Acuna. Hope that he heals and will come back stronger and better next year but it's going to be tough to go the rest of the season without him and just from a fan's perspective you know I I love watching him play and I want to see him you know reach all these milestones and have a great season you know go for a 30-30 season again or even a 40-40 season and now we're not going to get to see that this year Uh, you know I thought he would lead the league in home runs this year now there's no shot that he will so it was really tough to see, and uh, uh, I'm sad as a Braves fan and just as a baseball fan in general because he is one of the great young talents that we have right now in the game. But we do have a lot of other young talents around the game, and we got to see a lot of them this past weekend. Trey, what did you think of the All-Star game and everything that went on out in Denver this uh, this past Monday, Tuesday? It was the first All-Star game I actually watched in. Granted, this is the first All-Star game I ever was able to bet on, and I bet on the American League to win, <laughs> and that was good. I went with uh, keeping the winning streak up. Should have bet on Otani to win MVP. Unfortunately, my go- Joey Gallo pick, which I-, I thought was pretty good to win the Derby, did not pin out. I should have. Yeah. I, I, I honestly was between him and Pete Alonso, and I should have gone with Pete Alonso. But hey, I did on the podcast say Trey Man- I was going to pick Trey Mancini, and he got to the final, which was pretty good. Who'd you you pick Gallo? Yeah, I I bet on Gallo, and I was I was between him and Otani, and. Obviously, neither of them made got, it out of the first round. I got which, first scared of all, on Otani when they see if I think Otani, once he said he doesn't take batting practice, it was like that. That was the thing. Like, yeah, he's a there guy who doesn't take batting practice, so he was just so tired. I think it was the old format where you kind of can, you know, be a lot more patient with it. He would have he would have had a shot to win, but yeah, he might have been able to. When it's just this fast pace, and and you have to go in that certain amount of time. Granted, he went to you know three over t- double overtime <laughs> with Juan Soto and almost advanced. Like, oh, that's the thing. His matchup did not favor. That was the the worst one eight matchup that they could have imagined. Why would they put him up against Salvador Juan Soto? Perez, like basically, like <laughs> could have beat everyone else but Pete Alonso in the first round. Like. That yeah, was, gotta give a shout out and, to Salvador and it was, Perez. It was not like he went first. He went second. And he's like, you know, I gotta get 35. And he hit 28. And that was, you know, like I said, for someone who doubted Salvador Perez, <coughs> Matthew. Uh, I did. Unlike I did. Uh it was it was pretty good. But But Otani Soto, I mean, Otani is the the star, the guy in Major League Baseball. He's the one they were trying to market all yeah. weekend. And they're like, oh, let's just put him up against Juan Soto. Like, yeah, they should have known that there was a good chance Soto was going to win that match. Did you ever watch the Stephen A. Smith uh, thing about, and this is. Yeah. And, yeah, I and saw the I, video. I saw Jeff pass and just cut him up. Yeah, I thought that was really dumb because uh, there's plenty of sports where the biggest star does not speak English in America. Like, you know, 
Fernando Tatis. He speaks pretty good English. Yeah, he's, um, he's he speaks good English. I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, Vlad Jr. is a star. Doesn't speak English. I mean, the NBA. A lot of the biggest stars in the NBA are from Europe. I don't. I I don't pay Luka that much attention. Doncic, I've never. But Luka Doncic has good English. Like his point. His point. I. I hope his point was in good faith, but it was just terrible. Like it was awful. It was. It's also I, I don't, don't want to call it xenophobic, true. but it's very it was very, it was it was toying and it was not true at all. I I think Shohei Otani's clear cut the number one star in baseball right now because he's just so unique. Like he baseball's a sport. If you market it right, you don't need a guy to talk. Like I never heard Shohei Otani talk and I still want to watch him every time. Like Exactly. He, like who cares? He's a huge star for this game. He's growing the game. He's making it a global game. By the way, I mean, the, the, in the All-Star game on Tuesday night, Shohei Otani got the win on the mound. He's from Japan. Liam Hendricks got the save. He's from Australia. Good and Vladimir night. Guerrero Jr. was the MVP. He's from the Dominican Republic. It's and a global game. Yeah, yeah. It's a global game. It's an international game. And Stephen A. Smith does not know what he's talking about when he gets on there. That, you know, it's probably the first time he's talked about baseball all season. So he has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, and Jeff Passan like, cut him up. Oh, I highly recommend going back and looking at that clip. But anyway, back to back to the actual events and what went on this it past week. The home run derby was it was entertaining, although I was a little Pete less Alonso intrigued might be the after the first home run round. Derby player ever, like just for the derby, like he might be built for it. Like holy crap! Like like Trey Mancini and another thing, the fact that Trey Mancini a year after like basically coming back from cancer, missing a year because of that. To basically be in the final, and and the record for home runs in a final was twenty three, and the dude hit twenty two. Like, what? Like, that's ridiculous. That was really cool to see, man. And holy crap, Pete Alonso! Like, that guy might be able to build a brand just off of, uh, you know, you know why he might keep doing the derby is because uh, he gets paid more to win the derby than he does during the regular season. So. Yeah, at least for now, at least for the next couple of years. Yeah, so he's like, I gotta, I gotta get this paper, bro. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, he had a great home run derby. He put on a show. He's obviously good at that. But when it comes down to it, the home run derby is glorified batting practice. So, congratulations, he won it. Big deal. I mean, he won a million dollars. That's great for him. But Stop. for him to come out and Your say, no, is just for, pouring out for him right to come now. out and say after the home run derby that he thinks he's the best power hitter in the game, he, no. Mean, Hey, no, let's see hey, some numbers in the regular season before you that, come out with a, a claim man, like that. My man, I understand that, but he is the back-to-back home run derby champ. so he It's has, batting practice. It's glorified I batting practice. It's entertaining. That. It's fun to watch, but it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. He cannot say he's the best power hitter in the league based off two rounds of glorified batting practice. They're actually re-airing the home run derby right now on ESPN instead of uh, the game, which actually I think is smart. Yeah, Mancini hit 22 home runs. And to be fair, Alonso had 12 with 36. This is before the bonus time. <sighs> yes and no. I don't think he's the best power hitter in baseball. He's not. Uh, I think if, if I could take anyone, and I mean like basically uninjured in their prime, I'm probably still going Giancarlo Stan because I, I still think that guy murders baseballs like – at his best, but yeah, I think he could say it though with back-to-back home run derbies. 
especially after right after you win the derby, like give him a little bit of credit. Okay, see, here, here's a stat that they kept they kept bringing up during the home run derby and over the weekend that since he came into the league in 2019, he leads the league with in home runs with 86, and that's true. He does, you know. That, so that that's a stat that backs it up. But you look at something else like slugging percentage. And where's Pete Alonso in slugging percentage since he came into the league? He's 11th. So that's still very good. But you got guys like Mike Trout and Nelson Cruz who are slugging above 600. You got guys like Yelich, Freeman, Acuna, Bellinger, Devers, Bogarts. They're all slugging in the 550, 540 range. Alonso's down to 539. So he, he is up there, but he's 11th. There's a lot of guys above him. So, yes, he hits a lot of home runs. But that's just one stat to look at. And that's since he came into the league. There's a lot of guys that have been around longer than him that are better than him. He He's not the best power hitter in the league. I agree with you. Who do you think it is? I said Stanton at his best. At his best, yeah, if he could stay healthy. Maybe. Honestly, honestly, you want to talk best pure power hitter? I mean, Nelson Cruz has got to be. Ah, uh, maybe an option. Too much of his age, though. A judge should belong there. Uh... I mean, I just listed off some of the leaders in the slugging percentage over the past three years. The leaders in home runs: you got Alonso, Eugenio Suarez, Ronald Acuna, Nelson Cruz again, Kyle Schwarber, Matt Olson, Freddie Freeman, Mike Trout. I mean, you could make an argument that Mike Trout. I'm just up gonna there. say Mike Trout. Might as well just. He's... Mike Trout's the best at everything. Yeah. That's the thing, man. If the Angels can find, like, and we're going to talk about the MLB draft it, later on, and we'll talk about the Angels. We'll talk about the Angels draft, then. I'll save that that part of the program for now. But uh, trade deadline's coming up. You, you mentioned Jock Peterson. Uh, the biggest name, I think, available has got to be Chris Bryant, number one, would you say? Yeah. And he looks yeah, like the probably. most clear-cut going yeah so you know i guess with this peterson trade i guess the cubs are showing that they've decided they are going to be sellers at the deadline they're they're throwing in the towel they're breaking well up it was team. every indication watching the all-star game that um chris bryan is getting traded and for a guy i mean he can get traded anywhere now like he's played so many different positions for the cubs this year and has just thrived i mean this has been a good season for chris bryan he was a deserving all-star it's just, it's incredible to see, you know, his bounce back. He's starting to look like the old Chris Bryant, the MVP Chris Bryant. I'm not saying the full full stat, but who who do you think's the top? The Mets are definitely a candidate. I look at, you know, San Diego uh, would be another team. Um, the Giants, possibly. Uh, I don't see the Dodgers doing it. Um, even though I wouldn't shock me, um, maybe about the White Sox. Yeah, I was gonna. T- I I think I think the White Sox are, should go after one uh, a player we'll get to better because I think he could fit what they need more. But any team could get add an MVP like Chris Bryant, which is is weird to see. Like, man, my Cubs pick looks like crap. Um, <laughs> so where do you think he ends up, Matt? I'm gonna say the. I'm going to say the Mets. I think the Mets need him the most because you look at a team like the White Sox, you know, they could use another big piece, but they're also a really good team. They're going to win that division. They're going to run away with that division. The Mets, 
the Mets do not have a very solid lead in the NL East. They could use some help. They they need some help. So if they can get a player like Bryant, it would be really good for them. So I, I think they're going to be the ones to really make a push for him. Could Bryce Harper be like, hey, get my buddy, my Vegas buddy to come with me? And, and the Phillies I guess he score? could. But I think the he Phillies could. should just go after if, – if, if the Phillies want to pick any player from the Cubs they should trade for, it should be Charlie Kimbrell. Kimbrell. Yeah, they need a closer. They yeah. need they need a bullpen. They need yeah they need an entire bullpen is what they yeah, need. So I would just trade for bullpen pitchers if I'm the Cubs, uh, or if I'm the Phillies. I mean I just trade for the Cubs bullpen. It's even better even despite how bad they are recently. So moving to the next player, I'm gonna pick this guy over another guy, and let me know if you think I'm going Joey Gallo as the number the second target because of how he belongs in the best power hitter discussion. I mean. The guy, yeah, he all, does. all he does is hit bombs, <laughs> and yeah. he's a left fielder, and he bats left. And to me, if this team, if this one team does not get him, they do not make the – it shows me they're giving up on this season. If you are the New York Yankees, who are desperate for a left-handed hitter, if I could bat left, I might be able to make the New York Yankees right now. You got to go after Joey Gallo. You figure out where to play him. Maybe you play him in in left, move Judge to center, and, and you you make it work. Whatever you need to do. If I'm the New York Yankees, I am calling every day to the trade deadline and getting Joey Gallo on my team because they need a power hitter that is a left-handed batter, and he would be. Perfect for Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple other teams that. that need him, but I think if I'm the Yankees, that is the guy I'm targeting. Yeah, I've heard his name thrown around definitely in a lot of uh, a lot of trade deadline conversations. So I could definitely see the Yankees making a run at trying to get him. And that, I mean, you're right; he is a perfect fit for them, and he's he's a kind of player that they need. Number three is who I think is the most would be interesting on who I think the Chicago White Sox are end up trading for because they need a second baseman. Trevor Story. Obviously, um, all indications were the last hurrah in Colorado where Trevor Story at the All-Star game. They they wanted to get, get him there. That's uh, why they haven't engaged talks yet. I think the White Sox are the favorites to get him, personally. And if you're a team that needs a bat, and it needs a solid, really good infielder. Uh, you pair him with Tim Anderson, and you figure it out. And if I'm Chicago, trying to get over the hump, a guy like Trevor Story would be a perfect fit. Yeah, I think that is definitely uh, probably the most likely team that he'll end up going to. I, I mean, yeah, it's, he's yeah, he's gone. I think everybody knows that as much as it hurts Rockies fans to see them, you know, constantly develop these great players and then trade them away instead of paying them. He's gone. So sad. At least they got to see Nolan Arenado back. This yeah, past that was weekend. cool to see. So anyone else you think could get traded? Or oh, big names, I should say, because because more than those three would be traded. Or do you see a surprise trade happening? Anything? Anything crazy? Have any any bold trades at the deadline? Any bold trades? I mean, a guy that we were just talking about a few minutes ago, Nelson Cruz, he could end up being traded. You know, he's, he, he he is old, but he's still one of the best power hitters in the league. 
He, I, he didn't get good until he was old. American needs to get him, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's he's one of the best DHs in the league. So, But, I mean, I think you pretty much covered it. I think as far as big names go, I think it's going to be, you know, Bryant, Story, possibly Kimbrell, Gallo, maybe. I think those are the guys that you have to watch that could end up being traded by the end of the month. What team do you think makes a move for a premier starting pitcher, if there's any available? Like, I'm trying to think. Who would be I mean, Herman Marquez of the Rockies is the only one that I can really think of. But I think they said that they weren't trading him, which, you know, they, they might say that and they might end up still moving him somewhere. But I don't know. I think he might be staying in Colorado, but he's probably, as far as pitchers go, he's probably the best one that is on the market. It's not really a whole lot on the starting pitching market, this trade deadline. All right, let's wrap up today's episode with a little bit of MLB draft talk. Of course, that happened along with the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby this past weekend. It was on Sunday night. Sunday was a pretty good day. You got the Futures game, the Sirius XM All-Star Futures game, by the well, way. in the business. Yeah, they were the only, uh, we, we were the only way to listen on MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM. Uh, so that was cool seeing all the yeah, young yeah, future stars of the game. It was on MLB Network too, right? It was, yeah, it was on MLB but Network, but the only way like to listen that. on it's the radio. It's better to listen on Sirius XM if you yeah. can afford that. Um, yeah, like Matt exactly. can because he gets the big dollars in the, in the corporate radio, satellite radio world. Uh, but anyway, Sunday we had the Sirius XM All-Star Futures game, and then we had the MLB draft going on after that. And it was it was pretty cool. I liked it because in past years, the MLB draft has just been held at MLB Network Studios. And it it didn't have a very major league feel to it. You know, if you know what I'm saying, it felt kind of... Like, if they Procedural. just rushed to put it all together, it, it wasn't a big event. So, to see it at this theater in Denver with, you know, all the fans there and the big name prospects there and all the teams in one spot, they nailed that this. was really cool to see. They, they nailed this. I, I, yeah, I it was a really cool event. I hope they do it like, you need to make your draft an event. It's what the NBA's done. It's what the NFL has mastered. I mean, freaking mastered. Like day three of the NFL draft is an event and it's the most boring crap ever, but they have like monkeys and stuff <laughs> naming picks. True. Like that's crazy to me. Rob Manfred got the Roger Goodell treatment. That was that that brought me the most joy. But man, that was a <laughs> wild draft. I mean arguably the best player in the draft goes six to the freaking Diamondbacks. And the most shocking of the draft, like like they don't need any premier starting pitching. Maybe the best starting pitcher in the draft, Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt, goes to the freaking New York Mets. Like, what a wild uh, first couple of picks. A catcher goes number one overall from Louisville. I think they said it was only the third time that a catcher had gone number one, and the last time that it happened was just two years ago when Adley Rutschman was drafted by the Orioles. So that's pretty cool. So, a little bit of a trend there in the past couple of years. But yeah, Kamar Rocker going to the Mets. I mean, I remember a time when he was projected as the number one overall pick in this draft class. And then I don't know what happened this year at Vanderbilt, but he fell a couple spots, obviously. And the Mets pick came around, and he still was on the board. And everyone's like, well, the Mets have to go with Rocker here, right? I mean, they can't pass him up. And that, you know, 
You know, I've been saying it all year that in my mind, the Mets are the Mets and they're always going to be the Mets and they're always going to fail because they're the Mets. Things are looking up for them. They're in first place at the All-Star break. They got Maybe one of the best pitchers the in the draft. What needed to be done. Yeah. They, I mean, things are looking up for the Mets. That was good for Mets fans that you guys got Kamar Rocker in the draft. Good for you. I hope you're happy with that. I would be. Yeah, Jordan Lawler, by the way, is the, the pick from the Diamondbacks, who was maybe the best prospect in the draft. So that, that's interesting to see. How about yeah, the it was Angels? A, it was a fun draft. The, the most, oh, the most uh, no SHIT uh, look at your roster and realize what holes you have. The Los Angeles Angels drafted 20 pitchers out of the 20 picks they had. Hey man, gotta fix what's wrong. What's wrong with the yeah, team? Yeah, that was that was wise to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when your yeah. best pitcher is also your best hitter, and this is just to show how ridiculous Shohei Otani is, that might be a problem. And I'm not like saying Shohei Otani's a bad pitcher or anything, but you really need better than that. Like you can't. Let me put it this way. Show Otani's phenomenal and belongs to the AL MVP conversation. But just because of how much he plays, you cannot rely on it in terms of, of a long-term solution. Because let's let's be frank here. Otani's going to be a two-way player for three years and then move to what, right field. It's every two-way player eh, has, maybe. has done that. You know, his bat's going to last longer than his arm. And so... If if your long term plan is our ace is going to be Shohei Otani, I just don't like that. I don't like that in terms of long term success. Do I think Shohei Otani can be a great starting pitcher for the Angels for the next couple of seasons? Absolutely. I mean, he's phenomenal. He's my AL MVP with a close Vlad Jr. nipping at his heels. But can you rely on that over the next couple of years while you have the greatest baseball player ever? And you've not been able to win with him. No, no, they had. They have to get some quality pitching. Like this, they is, have to bolster their pitching. And just That's, put it in perspective, this is Otani's third season in the league and his first season where he's really been able to pitch halfway yeah. through the season. I mean, you look at them. They have Mike Trout, who's possibly the greatest player of all time. They have Shohei Otani, who is currently the best player in the league. They have Jared Walsh. They have Anthony Rendon. They have David Fletcher. They have a lot of good players on this team. It's the pitching is what they need to fix. And so you got to think, out of 20 pitchers in the draft, at least one of them has got to work out. Yes, maybe hit on two and you'll be good. I think it was 19 college pitchers and one high school pitcher. Whatever, they needed it. Yeah. I I, I honestly like the move. They looked at, like you said, they looked at the roster, saw what they needed. They went out and got it. I like it. I like the move. All right, one last thing before we say farewell on this week's edition of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. The uh, In the All-Star game, you know, it was it was a fun time. It's a fun game, seeing all the stars on the field, watching the game. But the one thing that annoyed me, and now I try to not be one of those people that just hates on Joe Buck for no apparent reason. I give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, he's a pretty good announcer. I don't think he could get to where he is in his career just because of his dad. I think he's a pretty good announcer. But when they do these in-game interviews and you get players who clearly don't want to be talking to you, it's 
so annoying and takes away from the rest of the game. I mean, you have you have guys out there. I think it was Nelson Cruz had the earpiece in, and Joe Buck is trying to talk to him, interview him during the game as he's walking up to the plate, and Cruz isn't responding. Probably, you know, he could probably hear him. He just didn't want to talk because he's playing in the All-Star game right now. And Joe Bach just doesn't give up. He keeps trying to talk to him. He says, paging Mr. Cruz. Like, that's just the most annoying thing ever. I wish they would just stop these in-game interviews. You don't get anything out of it. The players don't want to be talking. Joe Buck is being annoying. I wish they would just stop that. They should just mic him up and let him go. Like Exactly. That's That's the best part when you get that. Like like Liam Hendricks, who thought his mic wasn't working, and then they caught him cursing out on the mound. That was good stuff. That was great. I agree. All right, that's all we've got on this week's edition of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Yes, yeah, so if you want to leave us a review, uh, a subscription, make sure you do that wherever you get the podcast. We want those five-star reviews. We need those five-star reviews to... To enlighten us, and maybe we'll read one on air. Have you checked? Have we gotten any yet? I haven't checked. I guess I should actually do that. Yes, because we got to read the the ones on the air. Yeah. Uh, make sure you follow us at Trey Lyle VT on Twitter and Instagram at Matkins Twenty One FL Ball Area. Give us your thoughts. Who's going to be the marquee trade that's going to happen that might change the landscape of Major League Baseball? Even though I'm, pr- I am pretty sure the National League will come from a team in the NL West. And so let us know there as well for Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. Have a good week, folks. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.